Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to A Moment with the Colonel. We gather tonight at a dramatic and deeply promising time in our history. The world has known changes of biblical proportion. Biblical proportion. That the call of Christ is not just to be informed, but do something about it. Giving them instruction, laying it all out. He spent years fighting the opposition as a Green Beret in the Special Forces. Now he's fighting for you. He stands on Matthew 28 to teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He's a teacher. He's an evangelist. He tackles real-world issues with a biblical perspective. He'll pray with you. He'll answer your tough questions. Coming to you live from the Prophet's Quarter Studio, here is The Colonel. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to A Moment with the Colonel. Today is April 28th, 2019. Hard to believe it's already April. Well, we thank you for joining us. This is the online church of Seed Time Harvest Ministries. And we encourage you to go to our website, seedtimeharvest.net. We ask that you sign up for our newsletter so that you can keep abreast of everything happening in the ministry. We also have a training manual for something called the School of Authority Evangelism. I'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I want to say thank you to our sister, the daughter of the Most High God, Deanna, who is simulcasting this program on Mixer from her headquarters in Portland, Oregon. So, Deanna, thanks a lot for simulcasting the program. We're going to do a brief here. Now, we're going to talk about a bit about the School of Authority Evangelism. This is when we come and train your fellowship, business, or church on things, in things, about healing. And this is uh, based upon what Jesus did with signs and wonders following. So uh, we do, again, ask that you download the training manual if you're interested so you can see what this is all about. And then contact us to let us know if you'd like us to come and train you and your group in the School of Authority Evangelism. It is amazing. So get that training manual, and I think you'll be glad that you did. Well, tonight's message is from Acts 3, 6, Healing and Preaching in Christ Bring Salvation. So without further ado, here's our teacher for tonight, Pastor Colonel. Hello, everyone. It is God, Pastor Colonel. Thank you, Scott, man. Such is awesome. You know, let me tell you this. Chuck has been so loyal by my side every day time I minister. I mean, there's times I've had to miss for being sick or being traveling or ministering, and he's always been available. He's so faithful, and I'm so glad he is part of Seed Time Harvest Ministries, and he is ordained under Seed Time Harvest Ministries. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate him. Also, 
you didn't know, we're so happy to have Deanna back, Sister Deanna back with us tonight. Last Sunday, right before our virtual church stream, she received word that her mother had uh, passed away. And so please, please, please send her, uh, you know, a note of encouragement or something to just lift her up and, and, and that sort of thing, because it's, it's always difficult uh, to go through that uh, and, and to go through the logistics of putting someone you love to rest. And I was an executor of an estate uh, when my father passed away and uh, my mom was available too, but you know, she went through a lot. She had a lot of things she had to take care of on behalf of the estate of my father and the further on of all the activities, even after his passing. So death is, you know, when you deal with the death of a family, it's, it's you not only deal with the emotional loss, but it's the, the stress of dealing with everything else afterwards and cleaning out people's things and, you know, and, and just dealing with the, the remains of, of the, articles of items that the person may have had and, and, you know, dealing, closing out checking accounts and closing down um, various vending type things like cable or internet or electricity and, and getting all that working. And it becomes expensive because there's, they don't give you enough death certificates to give to everybody to pass out to prove that they're actually died. And you have to buy those things and it comes more and more expensive. So just keep your keep her in prayer, keep her family in prayer. I know firsthand what it what it's like dealing uh, with someone who's passed, and and it's it's more than just a loss. It's it's the stress of dealing with the, the entire aftermath of of the individual being gone and having to take care of their the leftover things that they have outstanding. Very good. Well, praise God. Well, welcome to a moment with a colonel. Seed Time Harvest Ministries, I invite you to go to SeedTimeHarvest.net and visit our website, share it, follow us on various social media. We'd love to have you part of our ministry in that capacity. Now, tonight I was sharing earlier with Chuck, we do have a bit of the news, and, and uh, some of you may be happy, some of you may not care, some of you may be sad. It just depends. I am taking the decision tonight. I made a decision that I'm going to take a, a, a break through the summer uh, preaching on Sunday nights. And there's a number of reasons why. And you just have to trust me that it's needed. Uh, my uh, First of all, I work, uh, you know, a lot and full time and a lot of different things that I'm touching and doing. And even to the things that take me into the evening hours of eight o'clock at night and later sometimes working and doing different things. And, and I'll just be very candid with you. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I'm, I'm, I need rest. And on top of that is on Sundays in preparation for this, this is a two hour broadcast and I do prepare, I do study and I pray and I seek God and you know, the Holy spirit helps me. But what happens is during that preparation time, you know, at five o'clock, five thirty, you know, or I, you know, I have to take a nap to rest to, to prepare for the evening time, and then, uh, then I, you know, go through the the rituals I have in the studio. You can ask Chuck. 
doing what we do is not as easy as clicking on a microphone and talking over something like Blog Talk Radio. And most people don't even go live on Blog Talk Radio. We're one of the few live video streams that takes phone calls. And I was showing earlier, Chuck, the studio, and it's very advanced. It's almost to the point of being like TV studio grade material. I asked Kevin earlier, he had to help me with something, you know, what would it take to have this capability and function? So that's just a $4,000 piece of equipment if you want to be able to do that. Well, that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll pull our hair out a little bit more before we go that route. But anyway, it's working. Uh, we were able to see Chuck today, tonight. It's great. But I just need some time to spend with my family, and especially my son. And I just, I just need to rest on Sundays. I need to, you know, do things with my family. And I've been doing this faithfully for three years now, or maybe longer, I don't know, broadcasting in various capacities. So we're just going to take a break in the summer so I can do summer things with my family and I can focus on some things. That doesn't mean I'm walking away from God. Does it mean that I'm not, you know, still, look, I, I was out of town on business this week and I trust me, the people I encountered, I was able to share the joy of the Lord share testimony and a lot of other professionals were also very devout believers as well and, and joyful that we could share a camaraderie in Christ Jesus. Amen. And, and so it, it lifts other people up, encourages that they're not out there alone, even though they may be doing things and as various executives and leaders and managers, and they're able to interact with others of, of the like kind faith of the love of Jesus Christ. It's encouraging. And, so, you know, people may say, well, he wasn't called to ministry. I am called to ministry. I probably lead more people to Christ than most pastors do. I see more people healed than most pastors do. I cast out more demons than most pastors do. And I don't even have a church. So just think what would happen if I had a church. But right now, this is just what the Lord has me in doing and leading. He's a purpose for this because there's something on the other side that we're getting to in order to get through this in his will. So just bear with us. I don't know. Maybe we'll, you know, I don't, I don't know the exact time frame of uh, in which we will be off completely and, and back on. I don't know yet, but I'll let you know. We'll get going. I love doing this and you can ask my wife, you can ask her. I love doing this, but I've got to take care of myself and my family for a little bit. Okay. And, you know, plus now when I was in full-time ministry, I didn't work. So now I'm working and trying to minister and in family. It's just, it's just, uh, I just need a break. That's all. Okay. Didn't mean I'm out. I'm just taking a rest. I've got to get a breather. All right. Enough on that. Praise God. I hope you understand. And, uh, Claudia had nothing to do with it. Uh, it, you know, it's just something that we were just talking today and it came up. Chuck, we have our caller. Would you like to introduce our caller already? Yes. This is, this is Rachel calling in. Good evening, Rachel. Where are you Go ahead, Rachel. From? Hi. Um, I actually called a couple weeks ago, and I'm from Ohio, actually. Okay. You called a few weeks ago? You actually. Okay. Yeah, you actually, I think it was like two weeks ago that you prayed with me about my son. And he has. Autism. I mean, he's doing better. 
uh, since you prayed. Um, oh, and, and I believe uh, okay. I prayed. Give me a second here. So it's coming back to me. I'm, and I'm sorry if, if yeah. I'm, I'm out there okay. trying to remember. But you had a son. <laughs> you probably touched uh, a million uh, people. It's okay. No, well, it's just. No, it's not that. It's just I don't have a good memory. <laughs> it doesn't oh, have to do with okay. it. <laughs> I just, my, I'm just not the sharpest knife in the drawer sometimes. Okay. So oh, no worries. You tell, let me tell everyone what's going on. So Rachel called in a few weeks ago, and she was and, – and I don't want to necessarily put words in your mouth, but what I remember is you were very heavy and burdened and stressed over, uh, you know, just caring for your son who requires your time. And, and not having possible, I think I remember, maybe not enough help in dealing with a son that's uh, autistic, correct? And, yes. and and he's growing up, he's getting stronger, he's getting into yeah. teenage years. And and so get us up to date and, and, and then uh, what, we, what you want the Lord to do for you. Well, um, as you know, I, I was in a car accident two years ago. And I still am recovering from a broken leg, and I am fighting, and I'm doing really well. I'm being obedient to everything God has told me to do. Um, it's healing slow still, but, you know, every time I start praying for my son, I just get, like, attacked physically, and I'm in pain pretty bad. Um, the pain comes back in my leg. It seems like that's where he's attacking me. But um, I have a situation with my mother and stuff like that. I can't really talk that long. Sure. Oops. Sorry. Um, and then um, my son, he was diagnosed with autism when he was two and, no, three. And um, it was from vaccines. I have been um, doing everything I can to um, help him heal or help try to draw the vaccine, the toxins out of his body, including using like zeolites and different stuff and obviously prayer, lots of prayer and deliverance. And um, he was self-injuring really badly at one point where um, he used to put his head through walls. It was so bad. Um, he hits himself still sometimes and it's obsessive like he has no control over it. It's like an OCD um, kind of quick quip, I think that's what they call it, um, where he just, it's like a, a tick, sorry, and he just can't stop. It's like um, he just wants to slap continually. And unless he has these gloves on, like just regular gloves, he'll hit, um, which the gloves are nice, but they still don't really stop the behavior like we have a hard time taking his gloves off just to bathe him um because he'll just start beating his face um he's coming down off some pretty strong medications he was on um some antipsychotic drugs at one point which i didn't know any better at the time until you know god told me to just take him off of them um are you still there Oh, sorry. Um, I thought my phone went dead. Um, he is entering possibly puberty or his hormones are, are, you know, kind of irregular. So he doesn't really understand what's going on because he is nonverbal. And it's really hard to explain. And there is no male figure in mm-hmm. the picture. I mean, my, da- my dad is here, but the same as, you know, having someone that's younger and 
like a father, you know, he doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not sure if that's really, I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with it, but um, he, he's doing better since we prayed. He is mm-hmm. doing better. He hasn't been hitting as much. Um, I'm still doing the detox on him, which I think is really helping. Um, but I, I, I really feel like, you know, um, I'm just hoping God will just kind of maybe just help draw these. I, I really believe that that the cause of autism is brain damage from vaccines. Okay. Well, let's... And, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, okay. and more. Is there any more? No. <laughs> There's okay. no more. Okay. Good. All right. Well, those of you who heard this, let's keep, I need you to write Rachel's name down on your prayer list. Keep her and her son in prayer throughout the week. I've, I just wrote her name down right here. And you heard all that. And so is your pain, or is, is your leg still in pain? Are you still having pain in your leg? It's, yeah, like sometimes it seems like it gets worse after I'm done some warfare dealing with my mother who is a narcissist and she lives with me she's helping me with my son right now but um every time I do like some deliverance I'll get pain more so I'm starting to think it's linked to some kind of satanic thing um I'm having it's know. not strong yeah um, well let's place your hand over the, stronger. the place of the of the pain and let's cast that thing out, the pain out. Okay. Okay. Yes. And I need you to repeat after me and everybody else. If you could repeat after me as well. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All pain go. All pain go. Leg be healed and set free in the name of Jesus. Leg be healed and set free in the name of Jesus. Spirits of infirmity, go in the name of Jesus. Spirits of infirmity, go in the name of Jesus. All stress, go in the name of Jesus. All stress, go in the name of Jesus. All frustration, go in the name of Jesus. All frustration, go in the name of Jesus. All aggravation, go in the name of Jesus. All aggravation go in the name of Jesus. Leg be healed and set free in the name of Jesus. Leg be healed and set free in the name of Jesus. Okay, did anything happen during that time? Um, I'm feeling a release because I was feeling some aggravation and stuff. Um, and it it does feel like it's warm and. Like the pain okay. is lessened. Good, praise God. All right, well, let, now let's let's pray over you. Those who are listening or watching us, just touch and agree with us, and just let's cover Rachel and her son and the, her entire situation and 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 in prayer tonight. Father, we we thank you for Rachel, and you don't have to repeat our communion. No, what? Just just we're just saying Amen. Yes, and. So be it in Jesus' name. 
Father, we just thank you for Rachel who's called in. We thank you for the people who are listening tonight who are helping us pray. And, Lord, we come in agreement where two or three are gathered and pray and believe. And whatever they ask, it shall be done. And you hear us, Lord. You hear us. And, Father, we pray according to your will, Lord, that your will be done, Lord, that you would heal her son, set him free from this thing that was caused by vaccines, that he's been diagnosed with this autistic situation, Lord. But I believe it was brought on for the glory of God. And, Lord, that your glory would come forth as a result of it, Lord. You would set him free by the blood of Jesus and by the stripes of Jesus. And, Lord, that you would set Rachel free from this bondage of this caregiver type of lifestyle. Lord, that you would set her up and launch her into her new endeavors, Lord. Lord, give her her family, Lord, her family's having to help out. Give them strength. Lord, give them the ability to 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 have this wisdom that she needs and 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 be able to bring in things that's beyond wisdom into the situation. Lord, I ask you to stabilize this young man's uh hormones, his life, so it's not so embarrassing and, and difficult for the mother and the family. And, Lord, that you would heal him and bring him into a right mind, sound mind with peace and joy. Lord, we thank you for your mercy because it endures forever. We thank you for your grace, Christ Jesus, because you loved us so much. You sent your son, and we cry out to you, Lord. We seek you for this deliverance and in this healing upon Rachel and the family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for helping us out. And Rachel, yeah. thank you. Is Rachel on Facebook. Is that the same Rachel? So it's nice to have you yeah. join us. Today. Awesome. Very good. If you're not, you may be following us, but I don't remember if you are. If you're not, uh, I think you are following us or you wouldn't show up. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you so much. And you have a good evening. And send me a note if you can so I can read it and, and be sure. encouraged what the Lord's going doing in your life. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Praise God. We love you. Bye-bye. Well, let's get going here. As Chuck mentioned earlier tonight, healing and preaching in Christ brings salvation. They really work together hand in hand. You know, we spoke last week about, or actually the last, I would say, three or four weeks, we were in Acts chapter 2. And what was really happening was we saw Peter preaching, and it was also a miracle occurred, right? A miracle occurred up in the upper room, and they were, the, the people of the outside of the, out, of the upper room were able to hear their own native language being spoken by people from Galilee who probably didn't have the education to learn this new or learn a different language. So want to just, uh, you got to have the power of God and the preaching of Christ to bring souls. And what happened? Peter led 3,000 people to Christ. Amen? Well, before we get into our opening text, we've got a bunch of people joining in tonight. And, uh, wow, it's good to have all our Canadian brothers and sisters tonight. 
and Claudia. Doug, you may have come and gone, but we do love you. And, of course, we have Rachel there. So got a good crowd tonight. Let me jump over to MixLR and see who we got. I've got a good crowd there tonight. Uh, Jared and Greg and Greg and Faye and Fortress of Faith Dave. And there's Rachel and Rowdy. Very good. And there may be some people there that we may not know or or uh that i think they hide their profile but we want to welcome welcome everyone most of all you know we're reaching people on these gaming platforms and we just want to welcome all our friends on the various gaming platforms on periscope and other places other than like youtube and and facebook okay it's good to have everyone tonight so acts chapter three that's what we're talking about tonight and we got a great message, healing and preaching in Christ brings salvation. Does it not? If it's not, it should be. And I love seeing healings and salvations at the same time. The best way to bring people to the knowledge of Christ is by healing in the name of Jesus and preaching Jesus as the Son of God. Great miracles will happen to include the greatest miracle, of sal- which is salvation, and and if we follow by opportunities to present um, John and Peter, they were they had they had opportunities. You know, they were um, they were preaching, and they were entering into the temple, and they saw the 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 guy crippled, and they had an opportunity to heal and to uh, they had the opportunity to heal and to preach and talk about Christ Jesus. And people were amazed by the power of this miracle because this man had been crippled since birth or, according to Scripture, in the womb of his mother. And when they see the power of God, they believe the testimony of Jesus Christ as the Son of God or the way to God. And that's what John and Peter did. It's our responsibility as disciples of Christ to continue in helping people overcome their sinful life by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of Jesus Christ. We can do all things in the will of God by the blood of the Lamb and the power of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's, look, let's get into our scripture, uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour prayer in the ninth hour. So I, don't, I have to assume this was in the morning time, time for prayer. Verse 2, and there was a man lame from birth. He was crippled at birth, who was carried, and they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which was called the beautiful gate, so he could ask for handouts or alms, according to Scripture, for those who entered the temple. When he saw, the crippled man, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for some money, for some alms. Now, check this out. When you have things of God, when you walk in the power of God, you got to remember John and Peter had just been filled with the Holy Ghost. And they had, were participating in this great miracle where they were speaking in foreign languages and being understood and leading 3,000 people to Christ and baptizing them. When you're walking in this great power of God, the lame ask for help. They ask for some something that you've got that they think they need or want to have or have to have. That's right. 
when you have the things of God, when you walk in the power of God, people want help. They desire the things of God that you possess, which is Christ. They beg for it. They reach out for it. Even at the doors of churches, people fled into the churches in hopes of grabbing a hold of something that, that a man or woman of God has to give out. They're, they're begging for some of Jesus is what they're doing. A lot of people are desperately going into church, desiring something from God, and they're looking to a man or woman to give them a, a temporary handout. Many continue to go to church or go to the temple being carried by others. Did you know that? There are people who are going, and they have to, there are people carrying their burdens for them. That's why there's connect groups. That's why there's prayer groups. That's why there's Sunday school class. That's why there's these Bible study groups. You share so that people can carry your burdens, right? What do you tell them? Please, please pray for me. Let me tell you my situation. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not talking down about that. But the problem is the true source of all that is not those people but Christ Jesus. And we're looking for someone else to help get that message to Christ when he's there to, at us at all times. Many continue to go to church, and they're being carried by others, the burdens, because they don't have the ability to walk out in the faith. Being a burden on others because they are unable to walk in the fullness of the Spirit of God. That's true. I've been there and done that. I was one of them. Okay? So I'm, I think we have all have. But we got to realize this. We got to snap out of this this indoctrinated way of things that it really boils down to Christ. It's our faith in him and our faith of him that gets us delivered. That we should be working toward him, the prize for the prize. Salvation is the prize. It's deliverance. It's liberty. It's freedom. It's peace. It's Love, it's all those things. You, it, you know, people can tell you and, and intercede for you, but really it's your own faith that gets you there. They are looking for a small handout, are they not? To get them through the day from those who walk in the power of God. I've been in big churches, and people would come to me, bless me, pastor, bless me. No, the only person that can bless you is Christ Jesus, and he blesses you with your repentance. He blesses you when you show faith in him. I can't say, boo, be blessed. What does bless mean? You know, blessing is like you're getting things from other people. But no, your blessing is Christ Jesus. I can't give you Christ Jesus. You have to receive Christ Jesus from Christ Jesus. I can tell you about him to help bring you into the light. But until your heart's transformed, you'll never have him. 
And it's just a small handout what people want. They just want enough to get them through the day. They're not, they're not even thinking about eternity. Christ is eternal, like forever. And he's internal inside of you where he lives. It's the internal that brings you the eternal, everlasting. And it's amazing that we look at just getting us through this day rather than the things of eternity. We're looking at things at the now rather than the things on heavenly ground. Where is the heavenly kingdom? Where is the heavenly ground laid out before us that we should be looking toward? Regardless of what we're going through, is this a kingdom purpose? Is this the kingdom's will? Is this the things of God? Rather than the things about if I can just get through the day. Pastor, just bless me. What is what if people ask me to bless them? What is that? I don't, what do you what do you mean? Well, just bless me. Well, bless you with what? You need some money or something? What 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 is it? Bless, just bless me. I can't give you anything except present Christ Jesus. But if you don't take Christ Jesus, you don't get blessed. You got to walk in the power of God. And that's your faith in Christ Jesus. He is your power. You have no power without Christ Jesus. If you want a blessing, get Christ Jesus and you'll have the power of God to overcome. They overcame by the, by what? The blood of the lamb. And the power of the testimony. What's the basis of the testimony? Christ Jesus. If you want to overcome, the blessing is the Lamb. The blessing is Christ Jesus. It's about time we stop looking to others to get our place of God or the things of God, but rather seek God himself by Christ Jesus. Stop looking to others for a spiritual handout from God to get through the day. It's Christ Jesus. Yes, God answers the prayers of the saints. But where's your faith in God? Are you putting are you putting your prayers in someone else's or excuse me, are you putting your faith in someone else's prayers? If that's the case, you really don't need prayer because you're already communing with God. I put my faith in you, whatever I go through. That's not what we're being taught today in church, is it? We are to lift up one another's burdens. That's right. When we see someone suffering, we are to comfort them out of brotherly and sisterly love, out of the agape fellowship. That's what we're to do. If we know someone is suffering, we help provide for them in agape. That's the kindness that we're to stow. And I'm not saying stop doing that. But trust God for the provisions that he will work through others. But don't go to others to get God to get something done. Okay? Your prayers. And, yeah, you can gather or get people around to agree with you because there's compounded faith. But you lead the prayer and let them touch and agree. Rather than someone else lead the prayer and you just trust in their prayers. You see, we got it backwards. Many times the reason I have people repeat after me is so they'll learn. 
what did the pastor teach me? What did he show? Okay, say it this way or do it like this because they've not been taught how to use authority and power. And I'm okay with that. By the time we grow up a bit and have a little bit of meat here and stop being carried around like a bunch of babies. Look, the church has taught us to depend on others rather than Christ. And that's not right. It's Christ who provides and delivers. It's the job of the body of Christ to love. Amen? To love one another. So stop looking to others for spiritual handouts from God to get you through the day. Rather, get up in fullness of faith and walk to the place of God. That's right. Get up in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, get up in the spirit. Get up in the soul. Get up physically in the name of Jesus and walk in the fullness of faith of Christ Jesus and walk to the place of God where that secret place is. And, and dwell in the, under the shadow of the Most High God in that secret place. Find that place where God is. Get up and walk toward him rather than, than trying to get people to bring him to you. Go to him. And, you'll be, and he'll find you. Seek him. Look, not, do whatever. Go find him out. Search him. Now, it might require to get yourself right. And he may be building your faith by watching you walk in faith, and that's okay. Sometimes that, that faith walk is, is lonely because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. And that's walking blindly in faith. So in the name of Jesus, get up in the fullness of faith of Christ Jesus and walk to the place of God. Do it in the name of Jesus. Do it now. Right now, wherever you are, you know what you're, you're, you're waiting on God and you're hoping that people will pray for you and do this and do that. No, it's time for you to now get up and walk in the fullness of faith and walk to the place where God is and see what he has for you. He just may want to love you to death. <laughs> love the life into you. Amen. Verse four, they now, the people just uh, saw what's going on. So, or I'm sorry, but uh, John and, and and Peter, they they just fixed their eyes on the man when he asked for that. So he just asked, hey, "Give me some money," and so they fixed their eyes on the man. So so John and Peter about the same time said, "Look at us, look at us." You know, I think they were tired of him begging at the doors of the beautiful gate. I think they were ready to see this man. I think they were sick and tired of seeing this guy begging at the beautiful gate because the gate's supposed to be beautiful, and here's this crippled guy laying there, been laying there all his life begging for money. People know this guy. It's like it's time, it's time we fix this in the power of Christ. It's time we get this right. It's time that we get up. Are you tired of being handicapped? Are you tired of being sick? Are you tired of being 
unable to get to the place of God? I'm telling you, just as Peter and John looked at this man, I'm saying, look up. Look up at Christ Jesus and get up and walk in faith to the places of God. So they, so they fixed their eyes on the man, and, and, and John and Peter along, said at the same time, look at us. So the crippled man gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Oh, please. I'm just a poor beggar crippled guy. I can't even walk here. Help me out. Right? And it was legit. I mean, I'm I'm sure it was a very heart-written thing to see this man suffering like this and having to do this in, in humility and 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 you know, his manhood being kind of trampled on each day because he couldn't provide for himself and or family or whatever it was. I I'm I'm sure it was a very Terrible thing to witness. Well, it's time we do something about it. It's time we get up and walk in Christ Jesus. It's time that we get up and go toward the place of God. And let's stop. Let people looking at us, feeling sorry for us. Oh, we give you a little bit of here, a little bit of there. Get the fullness. You're only getting a temporary fix. It's not resolved. You're only getting something to get you through the moment, but not a complete solution. And the complete solution is Christ Jesus. So he was expecting to get something when they made eye contact. Help me. How often do we look to men for something when what we need is the man, the man? Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Son of God. I've done it. So I know I'm guilty. When I'm under some great anxiety and, I've, and I'm restless in my spirit, so, so I may run to a prophet. Oh, prophet, what does God have for me? Give me some hope. Give me some. No, I should have got that on my knees. Oh, pastor, I need a job. I've lost my job. Please help me pray. I need to provide because I've lost my job. Well, first of all, continue looking for one and trust the Lord. Man, I could share a story with you where God totally flipped my mind. Like the things I thought he was doing, he wasn't doing. It was all my doing. It wasn't his doing, but his doing was something completely else. Because I put my trust in what man thought was the right thing to do. It is Jesus who is our source of all things. It is Jesus who is our healer. It is Jesus who is our salvation. It is Jesus who is our deliverer. Hebrews 12, 2 says this, keeping your eyes on Jesus. That's how it starts off. The source and the perfecter of our faith. If you don't believe in Jesus, you have no faith. But in him, you can perfect your faith. Who, for the joy that lay before him, endure a cross and despise the shame, and and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Don't keep your eyes on other people who seem to be spiritual or have some spiritual giftings and things like that. The source and perfecter of your faith is Christ Jesus, not these other people. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 7 says this. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. Look, you're, Jesus said you're always going to have the poor with you, right? And guess what? There's always going to be a rich with you, with us. There's going to be both poor and rich and some in between. He brings low and lifts up. He, he does it. He brings people that he wants to be poor, and he lifts people up that he wants to be rich. That's his will. The Lord does this. So when you're, you know, when, when I was going through difficult times and no one would hire me or give me a job, the Lord needed me to be like that for a while or a season or a lifetime or whatever. He put me there for a reason. And guess what? Jesus came to minister to the poor, not to the rich. And he, and he continues to say that there's only few nobles and, and few rulers and few rich people who will find and know God. But the rest will. So what is it if you gain the entire world to lose your soul, to lose life everlasting? You may win the race or, or you know, finish really high up in the race on this earth, but that's nothing to everlasting for something that's going to endure forever. The suffering here on this earth is just nothing compared to eternity, something that never ends. This is just the beginning to our eternity. We have life here and we have life in eternity. This is just a big, this is, you know, we're not even born yet in eternity yet. That's why we got to be born again so we can experience eternity on this earth in spirit and in truth. That's how we worship. You can't have eternity unless you have spirit. So we have the opportunity to experience eternity in the flesh by Christ Jesus in spirit. Praise God. So anyway, we hear that, you know, the Lord brings low and he lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust so he can take you from being dirt poor, as they say, in the country and and lift the becker up from the ash heap and sets them among princes and makes them inherit the throne of glory. There's only one glory, and that's in heaven. But it, he could give you that in here on earth, too. For the pillars on the earth are the Lord's. So what he's saying, those who are raised up and, and lifted up and strengthened, they're the Lord's. And he has set the world upon them. He does it. He allows this. He puts people in power for a reason. Matthew six twenty six. look at the birds of the air that they do not sow. They, like, they don't plant gardens and farms, and they don't have a way to plant seeds so they can have a, a food in the winter, do they? No. Nor reap or gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Does he not? 
Are you not much more than those birds? I sure hope you are. You are. You're, look, you're wonderfully and beautifully made. You're made in the image of God. We're the only creatures on this earth that were built and constructed. And the spirit of God's spirit breathed into our uh, DNA, if you will, into our lives. We're the only creatures like that that are made into the likeness of God in the Son. What they say? Let's make man into the into the like into our our likeness. How much more important are you than than the critters of this earth? Whether creepy or crawly or four legged or two legged. How much more are you? Than them. Matthew six twenty six, or Matthew six thirty one. Do not worry then, saying, "What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing?" For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Basically, those who don't know God, they look at what they're going to be eating and what they're going to be wearing, how cool they're going to be, where the fashions. My daughter is a fashion merchandising uh, person, and I'm not preaching to you, sweetheart, but I'm just saying how much vanity there is in this that the world does, okay? Now, we have to be clothed. We can't go around naked, obviously. But yet, when you make that your thing, it, does it become an idol? I don't know. Check your heart. So anyway... Gentiles eagerly seek all these kind of things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. See, he knows you need clothing so you're not naked. He knows you need food. He knows you need water. But really, it boils down to this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added Unto you Stop worrying about that But keep your eyes on Jesus Your source Of all things the scripture says Of all things Your source Even when you're low And when you're high He's your source But he's positioned you there For a purpose And for a reason Your future was written in the books of heaven before the foundation of the world. That's your mission that God has given you, and he expects you to fulfill it in full obedience, wherever you are. Amen? Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All your needs. He'll supply. He's your supply chain, your needs, according to, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Then, so here's the thing is this is the fullness of God. We've got to walk. We've got to get up and start walking in this faith, my friends. We've got to get up and start walking in this stuff and think of him and look 
to him for all our for our source and stop chasing down these spiritual things and coming from people that we see it may not be spiritual amen then so let's go to verse six and peter said silver and gold i do not have but what i do have i give you so he doesn't have any money but what i do have i'll give you and this is what he says in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk He just gave him a healing in Christ Jesus. Stop looking for handouts of man. Stop going after things mankind perceives as and thinks we need to fix our problems. I was in the last two weeks, I've been to two different cities and I've heard so much nonsense from motivational people. You are not your source. Yeah, you have to work to feed your family putting yourself in, you become selfish. You become motivated for the wrong reasons. You become greedy. You become all these things, narcissistic. And the Lord doesn't want you because you've got your eyes on yourself rather than him. The question is, is not what other people, how other people see you if you're achieving or striving or climbing the corporate ladder or working well together as a team or, you know, whatever. How does God perceive you? You need to ask him that and and be open to his criticism. And if you're open, the Holy Spirit will teach you and show you in a very loving way. Man's solutions are only temporary and often not complete, period. You may be able to Get that bonus or get that job, but that's only for a season. You'll either have to retire if you stay there long enough, or your your job will be deleted in some capacity, or you may be replaced by someone younger and cheaper or some other form of technology or artificial intelligence. So if you're going to work hard, work hard in getting your heart Right with the Lord and seeking him and his will in your life. Man's solutions are only temporary and often incomplete or not completed. You may be able to get well from a sickness, but you're still going to die. It doesn't give you internal, doesn't give you life everlasting, only Christ Jesus. He's your solution. The medicine you're taking is only uh, uh, to relieve the pain for the moment or to, to, to get you better for a little while. But it's the wellness of your spirit that matters. It's the wellness of your spirit of life living forever with God that matters. But God's solution is his son, Jesus Christ. If you want the things of God, then know Jesus. Believe with all your heart that he's the son of God. Become what God has called you to be and rise up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Accept what God has called you to be. And do your best in that, in the love of Christ. Rise up and walk in the fullness of Jesus. No matter where you are. You know, I love when I find someone that's in a worse situation than me 
and seeing their faith being manifested by the love that they have for Christ. I have witnesses. I've seen like homeless people who are homeless, and they're ministering to other homeless people, to, to the addicts, to the, to the people who are prostituting themselves, and that's male and female. I've seen them. I've talked to them. And there's people out there who are, God has them homeless, and guess what? They're ministering to those homeless people because they can relate. They're like, they're, they're, they're talking to someone who's like the same of them. They're a peer. You think that when we go down and we're smelling good with deodorant soaps and shampoos and they can smell us at a distance just as we can smell them? They're going to be ashamed of themselves. They're not, they're not you know, they may not be able to receive it, but they can receive one of their own. You see what I'm saying? So be content where you are, where the Lord has you at that moment. Be ready to preach in and out of season. Become what God has called you to be and rise up in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk in the fullness of Jesus. Rise up and walk in the faith of God who is Christ, your Lord and Savior. Start walking in this faith. Verse 7, and he, I assume being Peter, took him by the right hand and, and helped him up. And immediately his feet and ankles and bones received strength. Let Jesus lift you up. Let him do it. Stop depending on other people to lift, to motivate you into happiness, to motivate you into some false joy, to motivate you in confidence that you can achieve great things. I'm sick and tired of motivational speakers. I'm, I'm, I'm like fed up with it. I'm like ready to get up there and tell them about Christ and use scriptures to back it up. Let Jesus lift you up. And I'm telling you, there will be a power in your testimony if that's the case. When Jesus can take you from being a cripple and helpless into something where people are amazed that how did this happen? This couldn't have been. Because it's great when it can bring him, God, the glory. If you do it on your own, it's the glory of man, is it not? I was able to go to college and get an education. I was able to do this. I was able to do that. Well, let God be the source of that to get you there. And, that, you know, yeah, you may achieve it, but let's t- see here how God got you there. Not because you're so smart that you will do it. You're blessed with a brain. You know, Jesus will clean you so you can enter into the presence of God. That's all you need. You need Jesus to enter into the presence of God. The crippled man was considered cursed and unclean and could not go into the place of God. He couldn't. He was outside the gate. He was not permitted into the beautiful gate because he wasn't beautiful, was he? He was an outcast of society because he was deformed. And so therefore, mister, you stay on that side of the gate. Don't come in here because you're cursed by God. That's what they were saying to him. I don't know who's actually cursed. He was just born that way. You're cursed because that's how they perceived it. He was cursed 
unholy, unclean. You can't come into the place of God. But see, when you get up and walk in the fullness of Christ, you can enter into the beautiful gate of God. You can enter into the the holy places of God. You can go in and fellowship with the things of God. Amen? It is Jesus who cleans us and justifies us to access God. John 12, 32. And I, if I am lifted up from this earth, that's Jesus speaking, I will draw all people to myself. Jesus had to be crucified. He had to be lifted up on the cross in order for all people to be drawn to him. It wasn't because he became king on the earth that drew people in. It's because he had to go to the place of humility, a place of shame and disgrace, a place of rejection. And he had to be lifted up. That's why he draws the poor. The poor are rejected. They don't get the job. They don't have the things. They get denied credit. They can't live in the house. They walk in shame. Christ had to become like man in these areas in order for all of us who really, before we knew him, were shameful. We were shamed. We were a disgrace in the eyes of God. But in order to enter into that beautiful gate, we had to look up to Christ and walk in that faith of Christ Jesus in order to enter into that beautiful gate of God. Did we not? First Chronicles 16:11. Seek the Lord and his strength and his strength. Seek the Lord and his we got to have his strength. Seek his face evermore, every day, all the time, with everything. Seek his face and guess what? The scripture says no man has seen God and lived unless willed by the Son of God. If you seek God's face forevermore, Jesus just might will that you get to see it. How about that one? How about that one? Would you like to see the face of our Lord? Seek it. Ask him. If it's your will, Lord, let me see God and live. Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Look, <laughs> people don't realize how great God is. He made the heavens that are beyond the reaches of man. Light years, billions of light years of heavens. Man could not survive the travel from point A to point B in the heavens. But God can. Omnipresent, is he not? He created the earth by the outstretch of his arm. We cannot survive the ocean. Without a boat, we can't survive the atmosphere without oxygen. We can't go under the water without artificial oxygen, or I would say oxygen and nitrogen mixtures. Can we not? We can't climb a mountain without breathing heavy. We can't run a race without breathing heavy. We can't stay awake all day for a number of days. We have to rest. But God was so great, he created this earth. 
Nothing is too hard for God to include your problem, to include your situation, to include the circumstances of which you're in. Nothing's too difficult for God. But guess what? You got to get up and walk in him. You got to get up and walk in faith. And so when you get up and walk in faith that you see the, the results, that you're able to enter into that beautiful gate of God. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19, the sovereign Lord is my strength. Look, you, can't, you and I can't do it on our own. He wants us to d- depend and lean upon him. His ways are easy and light. His commandments are easy. Love. You, gotta des- you have to desire and have to make a choice to love. And that includes forgiving. You have to, you know, when you feel those unforgiveness things come, you got to say, I, don't, I, I, I forgive. I, I'm not going to feel this way toward this person. He makes me, he makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He's, you're able to leap and run and bounce because he gives you the ability to run when danger comes. Look. The only time I've seen deer like run is when they feel like they're threatened. They just don't, I just don't see them run. I've, I've seen deer play and stuff like that in the woods. They play. I'm talking about like run. The only time I see deer running is when they feel like something's after them. And rarely are they caught. I mean, yeah, they do get caught. But they're able to outmaneuver the predator or escape in time. And they're just waving their tail, their white, that white tail just waving it. <laughs> bye bye. Their white tail's waving at your face when they sense you, smell you. They smell you first before they see you. Okay. Like the deer's feet, you're able to escape. He he enables me to tread on the heights. He can take you places that you've never been before. Take you to places that are remarkable and unheard of because you can't do it on your own. You can only do it by his strength. Amen. The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer and enables me to tread the tread on the heights. Verse eight. Let's look at this. So he, so the, the, the leopard is healed. So, so he, the leopard leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with John and Peter, walking, leaping, and praising God. I would think so. The woman that was healed in the jungles of Burma, she danced and sang and was happy for a long time. I was like, how long is she going to be doing this? She wasn't getting tired. She was so excited in the Lord. Everything. She was like so happy. She was singing and dancing and joyful because her legs had been healed. She was suffering so much. This man had been suffering his, since he was born. Can you imagine not able to go to the bathroom on your own? Can you imagine going, you know, probably a guy couldn't go to school because they didn't have the right kind of facilities for him. So in shame, he did probably didn't go to school because he had no way to go. All the people saw him 
walking and praising God. All the people saw this crippled man walking and praising God because they knew he had been crippled. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled, the people who witnessed this, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Oh my, look at here. You're that crippled and now you're not. Wow, how did that happen? What did you do? This must be of God. Of course it is. Praise God. Now, as the lame man was, who was healed, held on to Peter and John, all the people who were greatly amazed ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon. When Peter saw how the people were reacting to this miracle, he engaged them by responding to them. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this miracle of God? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Like, we didn't do it. <laughs> why are you so amazed? This is the opportunity. See, the healing happened. People are shocked and all by the power of God, and here's an opportunity to share the gospel of Christ. This is how it works in a lot of foreign countries. Healings, miracles happen, and now you tell them about Jesus, regardless of what religion they may practice or no religion at all. So stop worshiping men and women who walk in the spirit and worship Christ. Even Peter here recognized that they, the people began to look at, look at them as, as godly. And he said, stop doing that. We need to stop doing that in the body of Christ. They're human. They can fall. You know, they, they have access to things of the spirit, but we can access it too if we just walk in that space. It is our faith in Christ that gives people the power to operate in the power of God. It's our faith in Christ. See, it's our faith that gives people the ability to operate in the power of God. Let me explain that. It was John and Peter who told him to get up and walk, right? Our faith in Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, and that's get up and walk. Isn't that what they said? And guess what? The power came over him because he got up. They helped him up. And as a result, they now have the ability to operate in the he now has the ability to operate in the power of God. His testimony carries power. I was like this. I was crippled and broken, but now look at me now. That came from God above in this guy Jesus. See? Our faith. Get up in the name of Jesus. He's healed, and now he has a powerful testimony. He can operate in that. You see? hope you understand that. The man overcame by the blood of the lamb and the power of the testimony, or by their testimony. This testimony is powerful. Your testimony of what you were and 
where you are now in Christ Jesus is powerful, and it touches people's hearts, regardless of who or what you are. It has power. Share your testimony. We all have one. I was telling, I was telling somebody this week, a young man actually, and, and, he, and we were getting to know each other, and I was just really just, he told me that I was filling him with nuggets. And, and he went and got his dad, and he came over and says, you got to meet this guy. He's, he's, he's just, he, you know, telling me all this stuff and, and everything. And, and I, said, I said, look, we all have a story. It doesn't matter if you're of a, of a minority or a certain ethnic group or a certain class in society. If you know Jesus Christ, and if you were able to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, you have a powerful testimony to share that will touch people's hearts regardless of what you've been able to achieve. That's not important. What's important is because you overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the power of the testimony that the Lamb gave you. Amen? <laughs> I'm going to take a break and say hello to some people. Brenda, Dave, good to see you. Oh, Chuck and Kevin. Kevin, it's nice to have you, my friend. Aaron, I'll be in New York, and I think, next month sometime. Claudia. Anna, it's nice to have you. Thank you. Tanya, hello. How are you? And many others I think I've said hello to. Let's see what we got going on in the Witness Project. Uh, quite a few more have joined. Let's see. I don't want to. I don't know how you say that. So let me start from the bottom. There's some people have their profile hidden, but Claudia and I guess uh, Brenda, that you, Jesus Gangster, Rachel, Blue Green Cats, Blue Green Cats. Wow, interesting. Warrior Bride in Nanadit. If I said that right, I apologize if I mispronounced it. It's good to have you, whoever you are. Mark 5, Danny, and the rest, Rowdy and Greg and Jared and Deanna. Thank you for staying with me this long. All right. So let's continue. Verse 13. Where are we? How much time we got? Wow. Taking a long time. All right. Verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, or his son Jesus whom you compromised and delivered up by denying him as the Messiah in the presence of Pilate when Pilate was determined to let him go. <laughs> so, Peter is preaching here. He's telling them, this Jesus, who, who was sent from your God, that you denied and rejected and compromised and turned him over, having him arrested, having him killed, even though Pilate was trying to let him go, you turned him over to this. But you denied the Holy One and the Just One, that's Jesus, and asked for a murderer to be exchanged as your traditional scapegoat, which was granted you by Pilate. And you had killed the prince of life. You had him killed. You killed the prince of life. 
whom God raised from the dead. Yeah, you killed him, but God raised him up, of which we are witnesses that he's alive. Of God as the resurrection power had, and Christ the resurrected. So God's the resurrection power, and Jesus is the resurrected, the resurrection, right? Amen. So here's Peter telling them, look, <laughs> you did this, but because of what you did, we have this miracle. We have this power. Verse 16, and by his name, Jesus, through faith in the name of Jesus, has made this man strong. So in the name of Jesus, in our faith in this same person that you had killed and turned over to Pilate, but God raised him up, because, and we witnessed that God had raised him up, made this man strong. So basically they're preaching the gospel, the cross, the resurrection, Christ, the Son of God, whom you see and know. He raised this man up that you've known forever coming into the temple for all your life. Yes, the faith which comes through Jesus has given this man the perfect soundness in the presence of you all, in, in front of you all. We can only be saved, healed, and set free by the name of Jesus. It is our faith in Jesus and by the name of Jesus for which miracles happen. Did you know that? In our faith in Christ and by the name of Jesus, because of Christ in us, working through us, that miracles happen. Verse 17, yet now, brethren, I know that you crucified him in ignorance, as did also your rulers. It's okay. I know that you didn't know what you were doing, but that's all right. That was like supposed to happen. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, so all those things that had been prophesied, Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. He has done. Christ fulfilled all these prophetic things. It was, it's okay. It was, it was God's will for you to do this and act this way. See? You know, when things go bad, it may be God's will for a reason. If it was the will of Christ to go through such hardships, why do you think that you shouldn't be going through them? It, it's terrible. I know. I've been through some. Some people have been through worse things than me. So I've been through some difficult times, too. And we think, why am I going through this, Lord? I don't want to. But Christ had to go through it. And he's the son of God. Just be glad you weren't, you didn't have to go through what he went through. And you just got your, your problem. And Peter continues, verse 19, repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the prince of the Lord. Believe Jesus is the Messiah, son of God. Believe with all your heart. Acts 16, 31, they replied, believe in the, the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. Now they were referring to, they were speaking to the, the guard that uh, was going to be, I think put to death when the, the angel came and released uh, Paul out of prison, and uh, the jailer believed. And he said, and also your household will be saved too. So here's the thing. It's a legacy. 
If you come to Christ, it looks like that because of your life and your walk with Christ, people will believe and they'll see Christ in you, but they'll have some form of belief. They may not, may not be totally surrendered, but they will believe in some capacity. But they have a chance of being saved along with you. Romans 10 verse 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You want to be saved? Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And when you confess, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? The truth of the heart, the mouth speaks. You confess Jesus Christ is Lord, and that's the truth in your heart. And believe, and you got to believe what you're saying. You just can't be saying. you got to believe what you're saying, okay? In your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You want everlasting life? This is it. Confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that with all your heart that God raised him from the dead. Because God's the resurrection power and Christ is the resurrection. You got to be born again as a child of God. John 3, 3 says this. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You won't even be able to see it if you're not. You can't. You won't even see the things of God unless you're born again. John 3, 6 says this, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say this to you. You must be born again. How do you get born again? Confess with your mouth. Right? Jesus is, is king, our Lord. And believe in all your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you'll be saved. That's being born again. It's a heart thing. It's not a mental concept or theory. It's in your heart. Your sins will be forgiven you and removed from, and the sins will be blotted out or removed from the book of remembrance. There's books in heaven. They're called books of remembrance. It's like the library of your life. The books will be open, the scripture says. The books, plural. <laughs> so you're in more than one book, I guarantee. First John 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. Confess your sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. If you're praying to him, and you realize that you've sinned against him, and you repent, that's believing in him. And because you believe in him, he's faithful, and he's, he's a fair God, and will forgive you of your sin. And guess what? When he forgives you, he, he purifies you and takes you out of all that unrighteousness because you won't have a desire to do it because you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. If you ever done anything wrong, say, I'll never do that again. Same kind of thing. When you go before God and you confess your sins, you don't want to do it anymore. And he's able to take you and remove you from that unrighteousness into righteousness, a better living style, because you're representing him. He's, he's just and holy. Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Don't you want to be refreshed? Don't you want your sins 
forgotten by God, you may not forget that you've done them, but he'll forget them. So what do you do? You repent and turn toward God and the things of God so that your sins are wiped away, taken out of the books of remembrance, and that you'll have times of renewing and refreshing and joy that comes from God. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. It sure will. Daniel 12, 1 says this, Now at the time of Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people will rise, and there will be a time of distress so that never occurred since there was on the nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. (laughs) The only way you can be saved into eternity is your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and your sins will be blotted out if it is. So you go from one book to another. That one's like thrown away, shredded, if you will, blotted out, scratched over, and then written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Revelation 3, 5 says, says this, He who overcomes, overcomes what? Things of the world, will thus be clothed in white garments. This is talking in the spirit. And will not erase, and and I will not erase his name from the book of life. Look, your name can be erased in the book of life. It could, it could be written in, or it could be blotted out. So it says, when you overcome, your name will never be removed from the book of life, erased. And I will confess him, or your name, before my father and before angels. You get recognized by God. He endured. He endured all this stuff. His name's in my book, has been erased. This is so-and-so, so-and-so. Let's welcome him into the, into the throne. Right? Revelation 13, 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name, has not, and he's referring to the beast, okay? And all who dwell on earth will worship the beast. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the, in the book of the life of the Lamb who was slain. So we see that this Lamb's book of life does exist somewhere in heaven. And there's someone diligently writing names down, taking notes, making notes. Oh, there's someone that needs to be added. There's someone that needs to be Oh, let's remove this one. Shame, shame, shame. Start this new book of remembrance. Oh, we see you did this, you did this, you did Look, when you go before standing before God, the books will be opened, and you're going to be judged, and you're going to have evidence. So they're going to make a case. Well, we only show his innocence. We have proof that he or she was doing the right thing at the right time. Over here, oh, here's the guilty, here's the charge. Here's your sentence. The book will be open, and every man will be judged. Revelation 17, 8. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will wonder when they see the beast that he was and is and will come. 
You will be renewed. Let's talk about that. Jeremiah 31, 25. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. You come to God, you're going to be refreshed because you're tired. He's going to restore you. He's going to satisfy you. He's going to put strength in you. Okay? He's going to feed you and give you the strength to carry on. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Take my yoke and lean or, or excuse me, take my yoke and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your soul. You know, all that stuff going in your head, trust God, walk in faith, and you're going to find rest in that mind of yours. I know. I've been through it. I've had sleepless nights before, but this is something we have to develop. You know, you crawl, walk, and run. Okay, gotta gotta keep developing and working on it. Second Corinthians four sixteen. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outward we are wasting away. Yet inward we are being renewed day by day. Look, you may be going um, dying in the flesh. You may be getting older. You may be, hang on, I just noticed, I forgot to put the power in this computer over here. I may have lost Chuck. So, Chuck, I'm sorry if I've lost you, my friend. I forgot to plug in my computer. I'm still here, Colonel. We just lost the video. That's all. Okay. Thanks. Sorry about that. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outward we are wasting away, yet inward we are being Renewed day by day. Look, I got to get renewed by Christ every morning. I like wake up thinking of him. And just telling him what's on my heart for the morning and for the day. Sometimes I say, I love you, Lord. Just thank you for what you're doing. I'm here. I'm ready to do your your bidding. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Look, your mind has to be transformed. It's a renewing of the mind. And you can't do God's will until your mind has been transformed. You can't. Think and do things of the things that what people perceive and think is the best in the eyes of man. You have to be transformed out of the man's ways into the things of the spirit. The renewing of the mind is when the spirit can control it. And yeah, I think every person battles with that. And then when your mind is transformed by the spirit and thinks of the thinks like God thinks or thinks in the, according to God's heart, to be able to be tested and approved what God's will is. That's right. You'll be able to know, basically, what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. What pleases him? Your mind, because your mind will be about pleasing the Lord and not so much your own gratification, your own vanity. Here's another thing. You'll be able to come into the presence of God. James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. 
Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Clean your hands of sin. What's the scripture say? Clean hands and a pure heart. That's what it says, and purify your heart. Clean your hands and purify your heart. Your hands will get dirty by doing the works of your heart. That's what happens. It's in your heart, and your heart starts manifesting, and your hands do dirty things. But if you come to God, become near God, and come in the presence of God, he's going to come near you. He's going to come even closer than you expect. And he'll be able to wash and clean you up. Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and have our bodies washed in the pure water. You know, since you have the ability to get into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, there's a purification that happens when you get into the holy place of Christ. It allows you to draw near to God. And your heart becomes sincere, not only toward him, but toward everything. And you know that things of faith will happen. Because the heart of God, you sprinkled the blood of Christ, which cleanses you from all the wickedness that may be in your heart. It's the blood of God, it's the blood of Jesus that, that purifies your heart. Amen. So let's go back to verse 19. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the come from the presence of God. In verse 20, and that God may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you like you heard previously or before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Jesus has been proclaimed since the beginning of time. He has. And since Moses delivered the books, what did, you know, who, who was with God when he says, let us create man in our own image. In the beginning was God, or excuse me, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and nothing was, you know, formed without God. I mean, in the beginning, God was proclaimed. Jesus was there. And verse 22 even says this. This is Peter speaking. For Moses truly said to our fathers, this is what Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. So God is saying, I'm going to raise up a prophet who's going to be like me. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. When you listen to him, you're going to hear everything. Hear what? Everything about me, the character of God. All those things I haven't shown you, I'm going to show you through him. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear the prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. If you don't hear the word of God, if you reject God and what he's trying to tell you, he will utterly destroy you. That means absolutely, 
destroy you. Verse 24, yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many have spoken, have also foretold these days. So it wasn't just Moses. It was these other prophets that talked and spoke of him as well. Verse 25, you are sons of the prophets. He's speaking to them as Jews. He's telling like you all descended from some of these prophets, right? And of the covenant of which God made with our father, saying to Abraham, and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. From the seed of Abraham, the entire world will be blessed because I'm sending my son to bless you. See, I can't bless you. It is God that blesses. It'll be blessed because of Christ Jesus. He is the blessing. Get your blessing from Jesus. He is the blessing. Receive the blessing from God. Verse 26, to you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from your iniquities. It is Jesus who is the only one you, who can help you. The only one who can help you. Jesus is the only one who can bring you, bring you life from God of the renewing and the rest. So I can tell you about Jesus all day. I can't give you life. It's Christ that gives you that everlasting life. I can only hope that I can present Christ and you can receive it. The blessing that I have is Christ. That's it. You have to receive him, but he comes from God. So if you want your blessing, go to Christ, and it comes from God. Prophet, bless me. Speak a blessing over me. No. Why don't you just go find Jesus and get it directly from God himself? That's my point. Our vanity-minded, our vanity mind has corrupted the way we pursue things of God. And Christ is the source of all things. You want a blessing from God? Then go to Christ. Don't come to me. Don't go to any other, other man or woman ordaining you know, in God or preaching or teaching or whatever. Go to God. Jesus is the only one who can bring you life. Life is a blessing, and he brings it from God. He gives you the renewing, a renew, a new. Let's take away the old and give you new, a renewed, and he gives you rest in this renewing. You don't have to worry anymore. The only way to God is by Jesus. You are already The question is, are you ready to become free from your sins of your life and have the sinless life and the freedom of Jesus Christ? That's the answer. That's the question. Are you ready to be set free? Are you ready to overcome? And if you are, what's the word? Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe with all your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. That's all you got to do. 
you can do it right there wherever you're sitting or standing. Or if you're on whatever you're doing, if you're listening on headsets, say, I believe Jesus Christ is King, is Lord. I believe God raised him from the dead. And I believe that with all my heart. I'm not just saying it, saying I believe it. And I now walk in it. Now tell the Lord that you're sorry for your sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I've done this. I've done that. Forgive me. Lord, I love you. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Now begin to forgive other people who have hurt you. And the Holy Spirit's going to be revealing things to you in your head so you can forgive people. That comes. It comes. It'll be, you'll be walking down the street, and all of a sudden you'll, the Holy Spirit puts something in your mind. Oh, I remember that, that day, that moment, that time of that individual. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, bless them. Move upon their life. Bring salvation to their life. If you've done that tonight, let me know. Go right over here, see TomHarvest.net, and let us know that you've accepted Christ. We'd like to hear from you. Praise God. Let me close out in prayer, and then we'll chat for the last few moments. Father, I just thank you for this word, and Lord, I thank you for giving me strength for tonight. Thank you for giving me peace. Lord, I thank you for the ones who have heard this word and they received it. Would you move upon them, begin to speak to them, show them, direct them in all things of your ways. Lord, the callers that have called in tonight, Lord, I ask you to continue to show them your way. Draw them closer to you, Lord. Show them how to get up and walk. Encourage them, Lord. Do something in their spirit that gets them moving toward you. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins, Lord. Thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we just have a couple minutes. I don't know if we have time to take any more calls, but I've totally enjoyed it. I'm going to take a break through the summer. This is the last night for a little while. I don't know when I'm going to come back, but I'm tired. <laughs> and I need rest. I need to spend time. I need to spend quality time with my family, not just being around. Amen. Spend quality time. Thank you, Deanna. Um. I'm vesting in here because I just have to tell you, you are just so awesome, and we love you so much, and we support what you need to do. I've also been getting um, this very same kind of uh, thing on my heart, and I wanted to take some time off. Um, I didn't want to do tonight's program. I wasn't really prepared for it, and I've been praying all day, and and the Lord kept telling me, it's okay, it's okay. Because on the one hand, I still have some things that he's given me that he's spoken very specifically for me to prepare. And then mm-hmm. on the other hand, I'm seeing this need to draw back and um, a whole lot of things in, in my family and my life that have gone ignored for a long time because you know, I spend a lot of time in ministry, but I feel the Lord's peace. And I just wanted to tell you that I, I do believe there's something that the Lord is preparing. There's something on the other side of this. And, and um, but whether there is or not, you have blessed us so much. And we just wanted to love on you a little bit, Pastor mm-hmm. Colonel. Thank you. Amen, Pastor. Yeah, I, I, we do appreciate great. you so very much. I, I likewise, 
uh, Chuck. And, um, you know, just this season, I knew, I remember last year I told you that Lord was going to be changing something in 2019 in the ministry in some capacity. And I spoke that many times. I knew it was coming. I felt it in my spirit. I, what I love about the Lord is he always prepares my spirit for things. And I can give you story and story of, of how he prepared me before something had to shift or change. And, and how and what, I, I don't know, but I, I, need, I need to do this for a period of time. We've been, we, we have all been very faithful on these Sunday nights. And, um, and we've, done, we've done a good little time there. And, and um, I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not quitting ministry. It's not that. I'm, I'm still ministering as opportunities give. Actually, the second Saturday of this month of May, I should say, I'll be I'll be training. So it's not that I'm giving up. It's just that for a, a while I've got to. I'm just going to have to. Just I'm just going to take a break from this, and uh, and and just see where the Lord's taking us. And I don't know what to expect. I just got to wait and trust in Him. And and I just want to thank you two as well for always being there. I, I've never worked or been anywhere where. You guys were always there and and so faithful and just committed and because I know that God has called you to that and and I, I that touches my heart it really does and, and and I remember like you guys just showed up just just kind of showed up and and just helping out and and I didn't like go looking for you and begging you, you just kind of showed up and I really appreciate that awesome. Well, um, I tell you what, why don't you guys pray over me, and we'll let that be our closing prayers. And, and if anybody wants to call in and pray, we've only got about 10 minutes, and we'll wrap up. And I appreciate the covering. I appreciate the encouragement and the love. Okay? Okay. All right. Uh, you go Pastor ahead. Pastor Colonel, we pray for you, right? Okay. Dear Lord God, we pray for Pastor Colonel right now, Father. He needs to take time off to spend more time with his family. And we are all right with that because family is very important. And I believe that you've uh, you've cleared the way for him to do this. And we uh, support this decision. And we pray, Father, that you give the uh, Colonel uh, quality time off to spend with his family. In the meantime, Father, I know that you will continue to strengthen him in your word and in the time that he spends with you. And we look forward to the time that he's refreshed after his uh, summer or however long he takes time off and returns to the program. And one of the things that we are going to do is we are going to continue with the Thursday night intercession prayer because I think this is very important. This is you know, we need to continue praying for the situations in America and everything that's going on. And we need to pray what is on God's heart. And that is our desire. So we will continue doing that. And we will just hold you up in prayer every day, Colonel. And uh, we are gonna, you're going to do fine and have a great time uh, spending more time with your family. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Well, I agree wholeheartedly that, um, and, and 
I almost hate to say this, but uh, sometimes the Lord puts it on my heart to speak a blessing, to say, the Lord bless you, or the may the blessings of the Lord overtake you, or bless a person's house. But um, since you were talking about the subject tonight of asking persons to bless us rather than going to the Lord, I felt a little bit uh, sheepish about that. But no, I... I I do ask that the Lord bless you and keep you yes. um, during this time. And, and Lord, I just, I lift Pastor Colonel up because he is sowed so bountifully for the kingdom of God. May he reap bountifully for your kingdom, Lord. And may he always have your peace. And, Lord, I just thank you that your grace is upon him. And, uh, that you put your words in his mouth and that you speak through him and touch others so powerfully. Lord, I just thank you for what you're going to do um, and that you will give him rest. And we ask, Lord, that you will prepare us. I ask this for myself and include Chuck as well, that you will prepare us all, that we will be uh, in season, Lord, with a demonstration of the spirit and of power that we can be instant both in season and out of season and never go where you are not with us lord lord we just pray that you will lead us in all things that you will send us wherever you would send us prepared for good work lord and i just i just praise you lord jesus i thank you lord that you have been with us all along that you've been in our midst, and I praise your holy name in this congregation. Amen. Thank you. Let me pray for you guys. Father, I just thank you for for Chuck, Amen. Lord. I just thank you for his commitment and his heart, Lord. And and Lord, continue pouring out, which is a blessing. When you pour out of your spirit, that's a blessing, Lord. You pour it out upon Chuck, Lord. And take him to new heights, or grow him, and seek him, and out and and into new endeavors and and faith, Lord, and and Father, Lord, I just ask you to also strengthen him and encourage him, Lord, and Lord, I ask you to continue to to grow him in in, in knowledge and wisdom of you, and Lord, keep his help, Lord, keep him strong, in Jesus' name, Lord, I lift up Deanna, Lord, I just thank you for this trusted sister who's been through the fire in the last 18 months, Lord, and Lord, that so many people turned on her, Lord, and and I just ask you to heal that, Lord, heal her heart, and Lord, that and you would bring restoration upon everyone, Lord, and you would touch her, Lord, and and I know we use the word blessing, but Lord, that the the blessing would be an, an abounding love that she's never experienced before. An abounding love, Lord, raise her up in this love, Lord. Let her be a blessing to others, a a gift from you to others as they hear her voice and and talk to her, Lord. That they see the abundance of Christ Jesus in her, Lord. And, Lord, that your provisions would abound upon her. And also the instruction 
that she's waiting for, Lord. I'm going to begin to prophesy. Let me prophesy. I see the Lord beginning to move. And being I'm with the end, I'll, I'll start with the end and then I'll go to Chuck. The Lord says, I've poured new concrete for you to walk on. For the other one was cracked, it shifted, it was decaying, crumbling, it was out of date. The Lord says he has new technology he's going to pour into the concrete for it will not crumble. The Lord says it will not get ruts from, from the wheels and the roads or the wheels and the, the, and the footprints of the trails that it will be hard and solid. And the Lord says, I'm going to be the solidness under your feet. He says to walk on this new pavement I've made for you. For it is lit in the day and it's lit in the night. It shines and it glows. He says it will be easy to follow. The Lord says that it's, it's wide enough for you to get to where you're going. The Lord says there's no turns. The Lord says there's no left or right. He says, it's just straight and narrow. And the Lord says, just, just, just straight away, just straight away and walk on me. Amen. Amen. So I, I hear the Lord saying that the darkness is coming, it's, it's going away and it's turning into light. I don't, I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean, but the Lord's saying the darkness is fading and the light is coming. For I will be shining bright. It'll be shining bright. And the Lord says, I'm tearing down the curtains. The Lord says that mold has set in and, and musk, some kind of musk has set in and then he's tearing down, he's doing house cleaning. The Lord says that with the new light, there's going to be a spring cleaning and upon the house. And Lord says he's going to get in the nooks and crannies and he's going to bring a new sparkle to the dimness that has crowded in. And Lord says as a result of this, it'll be life. And the Lord says as a result of this, you'll be able to see clearly now for your eyes will be open for not only his light shining in, but the cleaning will, will reflect his light and there'll be life coming that'll be abound greatness great great life and a an abounding life coming from it but also the lord says he's bringing a cooling into your a cooling into your house and, and i think he's referring to your spiritual house and the lord says that it's been it's been kind of stale air and the Lord says he's, he's turning on the winds. He's saying that look to the, uh, well, he's saying the windmills, but he's showing me the, he's showing me these little things, you know, when you're a kid, it's like a little straw or something and it had a little windmill on it. And he, he's helping me to understand what he's trying to explain, but he says, look toward those, those windmills. He said, watch which way they turn. And he says, watch what direction they turn. He says, to tell you to walk into the wind. Well, that's where the spirit is. That's where I am. Walk into the wind. For you'll feel my coolness. You'll feel my breathe. You'll, you'll, you'll breathe and you'll feel my breath come upon you. 
because he says, I'm breathing the breath of life into you, Chuck. He says he's cleaning and brightening. The Lord says he's going to be showing, showing out. He says he can't have people come when it's dirty. That he's got to clean up some things. He's so what he's trying to show me is, is he's going to be putting you in front of some people. And I'm not saying you got sin in your life or anything like that. He's just saying he's bringing in, he's bringing and a renewing light into your life. He's not referring to sin in your life. Okay, I want you to understand that. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. May God be abound in you, and just know that you're loved and thank you. And keep us in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, everybody. Chuck, if you don't mind, take us out of here. Thank you for listening to The Colonel. Coming to you live from the Prophet's Quarter Studio. With God, all things are possible. But we're strong in faith, giving glory to God. And what I pray for myself, I pray for our listeners as they hear. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Moment with the Colonel is a ministry of Seedtime Harvest Ministries. You can visit their website at SeedTimeHarvest.net for more information. I hope you'll listen tonight. And yet he's faithful. He's faithful. And ours is a work of faith. And I think I'll speak in a moment on living by faith. Again, that's SeedTimeHarvest.net. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has